With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. Celebrating in the streets in Lubbock. Wow. Because Texas Tech Monday night will be playing for the national championship. Welcome one. Welcome all to you Tortillas and Tech podcast. You are on once again with your boy. I'll be sure. And in the great scheme of this all, we've been talking basketball on the men and women's side. We've talked baseball, softball, but one sport we have not talked about since January is football. And you know what? Joey McGuire, he's been in the lab. He's been concocting some stuff out there and the guys are back. They are put on their pads. They are tackling. They are making hits, running routes, doing it all. And so we have to talk about that once again. And so with that, I got an expert on the pod that has been in spring practices every day um, and, and really has his nose to the ground of what's going on there. So welcome, Justin Apodaca on the podcast. What's going on, Justin? How's it going? Doing good. Great, great. Uh, Justin, part of Red Raider Sports here, part of the family, right? The Red Raider Sports fam. Um, so welcome. Welcome. How is how is it as one of our main football reporters here for Red Raider Sports? How, how has everything gone for you so far? It's been great. Love the opportunity. Been here about a month and a half, two months. Got out there. Really started with spring practice, and it's been awesome to get out there and see everything that's been happening with the football team. That's great. That's exciting. So let's let's revert back, right? Let's talk. Last, what was it? November. Uh, Matt Wells gets fired. Joey McGuire is the guy that's hired. He's this. You know, everybody in Lubbock loved the hire, right? But. From a national view, from a national sense, you're like, oh, well, Texas Tech is hiring what was at the time seemed to be our third choice. Um, a guy who's never been a coordinator, uh, never been a head coach at the college level. And we're just hiring this guy because he is exciting at Baylor. I mean, what was your initial thoughts of the hire in general? I think I kind of bought into the whole Lubbock area, like fire that was going on, but kind of stepping back I really liked it I mean dude is a master recruiter I mean with what we've seen now and even before because all the guys that he brought into Baylor were high-end talent and he has so many connections around the state right he was so influential in their rebuild twice right not only recruiting those guys to Baylor the first time keeping those guys at Baylor through the coaching change and then rebuilding Baylor back up again and recruiting those guys again the second time so with with Matt Rule and then and then now, so it's um it's been it was impressive. And now, as we speak, as we're recording this, Texas Tech currently has the number one recruiting class for the 2023 school year. We keep saying eventually it'll dip down. Remember when they were first hit top five? We're like, oh, this is cute. But eventually they'll drop down. And they hit number two, and we're like, oh man, this is really cool. But eventually they'll drop back down. And now we're the number one class. And and the question becomes. Well, when do we drop down? We're like, it's already right now the greatest, and we're talking about this a year in advance, but right now as we speak, it's the greatest recruiting class in Texas Tech history at its height. Like, there's, no, there's never been a class 
at this level ever in Texas Tech history. So no matter what happens from here on out, we've never gotten to this height. And a lot of that has to go with Joe McGuire and the staff he's put uh, put together. So with that, we know what he can recruit. We know that he can recruit. We know what he can do on that aspect. But I think there's a lot of questions that come with um, can he coach and what, and what type of system he's going to have, what type of team he's going to have. Uh, Tim DeRuiter, the defensive coordinator that was hired from Oregon, um, he's come in to, to kind of do a what we were of the under the impression that Baylor would be doing something or that Joe McGuire would be doing something similar to Baylor, something similar to Iowa State because it's kind of the defense they've been running. But we we had talked before. And it kind of seems like Tim DeRuiter is doing a multi-defense. What have you seen out there so far? Yeah, apparently we're going to have a ton of looks, um, having a ton of four and three front looks, and then running a, the five, the four, five, two as well. So there's going to be a lot of looks on this defense, a lot of moving in and out between the linebackers and the um, like the linebackers into the D line. So we could see a lot of that this year. It's going to be a lot of different looks that they're going to give. One of the, uh, so they, so Texas Tech social media on Twitter, they, they do the drills with different prison coaches do drills that talks about kind of some of the players really puts out the brand, right? Joey McGuire is really big on the brand, putting out the brand. And when Tim DeRuiter did his, he did his with his quote unquote star position. And so that star position is really in that four two five that you were talking about is really that taking that safety or outside linebacker and he becomes other teams call it different names, whether it's a Rover, I think Florida, they call it a Gator. I can't remember what Baylor calls it, um, but here we call it a star. And I think one of the big guys that I've seen that do it is Muddy Waters. Muddy Waters looks healthy. He looks huge. And not only is he playing safety, it looks like he's going to be also floating over to the corner at times and into this new star position. Um, it was Muddy Waters as big as he looked on on video. Yeah, he's almost everybody on defense has put on some size, but Muddy, um, Dejan, Tele- Rabbit, DTD, he's put on yeah. some size. Krishan's put on size, and Krishan was already massive. He's yeah, saying Krishan Merriweather put on size, like saying saying Thor became the Hulk. Like that is he is already a massive human being, and to, for him to get even larger is is incredible. So that multi defense, though, it's 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 interesting because you got to be. You have to be a really smart, intelligent defense. I have a lot of great guys out there. Has there been any confusion that you've seen with this team having so many sets in front of them, or has it been a seamless transition? I mean, it seems like it's been a seamless transition from what the players have told me, what the coaches have told me. I mean, the coaches say that these guys are picking up the what they're trying to tell them like, like that. It's no – there's been a very smooth transition between the new defense and – Kind of seems like the Rooter and company like that. They like the fact that they've come into a new defense, and they're able to start over with everybody and tell tell basically kind of forget what's in the past. Yeah, and and to do that, it's it, it just really tells you, like I said, the level of intelligence the defense has because that's hard, right? A lot of DCs do stake their whole lives when it comes to college and, and, and high school as well of saying the simpler, the better. A lot of DCs say, you know what? We don't trust our defenders to be smart. So we're just going to go out there and give them a, a simple package. When I, when I was in high school, our package was goal line. Everything we do was in goal line, right? Because our D, our D corner, shout out to Coach Lane. He ain't trust us. He knew we were just a bunch of dumb kids. We didn't know what the hell we were doing. We had four defensive plays. That's all we ran all day. And so a lot of times in college, it's the same thing. A lot of times in college, you're saying, okay, we're going to do a, a 4-3 base set. We're just going to have a couple packages in the back. And then that's it, because I don't trust you to do much more than that. I just want you to stick with that. What happens with that is, 
a guy like Cliff Kingsbury or a guy, a guy like uh, uh, Zach Kittley, which we'll get to in a little bit, exploits it. He says, okay, well, they don't do much else, so we're going to exploit the hell out of it. And against a Tim DeRuiter coach defense, it's harder to do so. Oregon's defense is, is I mean, during the Chip Kelly days, people assume that Oregon has bad defense because during Chip Kelly's time, they had bad defense. Lately, Oregon was out there humming, and that was a lot, a lot had to do with Tim DeRuiter. Um, and a guy that he coached up is about to be probably a top five pick in the NFL draft. And I think there's some guys on this defense that are looking at that and saying, man, I want to be Kayvon Thibodeau too. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, DeRuiter, he's given some massive praise to Tyree Wilson, who is unfortunately dealing with a minor ankle injury right now. But he compared him to Kayvon Thibodeau, which was – That's wild wild to me when he said that i was very surprised well i'll say this tyree wilson and Kayvon thibodeau similar body size like their sizes are and i, and I know it's with Kayvon thibodeau he's massive in himself and you're saying well that can't be tyree as, if anyone has seen tyree wilson you know that is a large human being and that is an athletic human being so now all you gotta do is get his skill level to the type of where we saw Kayvon thibodeau's at at oregon and that's just that's scary that is absolutely scary if tyree can get to that level um Dealing with it's last time we had talked off the record, it, it we were a little worried about his ankle issue, but like you said, it does seem like it's a little bit more minor, not as scary as we originally thought. So that's that's good to hear. Um, but who, as we say on the defensive side of the ball, who else is just kind of shining through these spring pra- spring practices? Um, it's gonna sound kind of weird, but Ty Kana, the freshman out of Katie, has been blowing the doors off of Bookbinder and uh, Deruder. So. He's probably going to get some run if he stays healthy and can break through in this linebacking core that is pretty deep to this point. A true freshman breaking through this linebacking core would be pretty impressive. Um, anybody from the Houston area knows that hates the Katie Tigers. That is what it is. Right. And so, but um, shout out to West Houston. Right where the Katie Tigers are, he's he's really showing out for Katie and really putting it on for them. I know we were very excited. He was actually one of uh, McGuire's first recruits. For the 22 class, uh, right when McGuire signed on, Ty gave a scholarship to Ty Kana almost immediately, and Ty Kana, he he bought in from the very beginning. And so, getting a guy like him, getting a linebacker like him that not only can can play the position well, but also can be a leader. Uh, that's one thing that I've heard from him, not just out of high school, but in camp. That as a true freshman, he's really been a leader as well. Uh, that is is quite impressive. Now, talk a little bit about the linebacking crew. One thing that I was worried about: we lost a lot of linebackers last year, a lot. Um, and so, you know, we knew Krishan would be back, but with the, with the, the loss of Schooler and Rico and, and just all these, these linebackers for us to still be performing at a high level is impressive. And I know that's one of the things that you were talking about before. Uh, tell me a little bit more about the linebackers. Yeah, they're, they're humming. They really are like guys have added size and it feels like they, they've been a high emphasis on tackling, trying to boot pick up where the schooler leaves and Jeffers leaves to where we're able to fill that hole. I mean, we had, we're losing our best tackler, probably our best two tacklers within Jeffers and uh, schooler. So they're trying to fill that hole. And it's been a kind of an emphasis in practice. They're really working on tackling and especially with the inside linebackers, they're trying to get to the quarterback too. So they've been really working on set like blitz package with the inside linebackers. So that's, and some of the watch for me. Let me tell you something. If, if, if Jeremy was on the pod, he'd know. We have complained about our lack of blitzes for the last three years. We just, and it was almost as if, like, 
Patterson finally instituted it in a little bit more after the, the whole Wells firing. Um, but we just weren't a blinking team. We said, you know what, we're going to rush three and call it a day and hope it works for the last three years. And it's been so frustrating. So uh, one of the things, and just I know I, well, seeing DeRuiter's defense at Oregon and also seeing the De- Baylor defense, both defenses like to blitz. They like to get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and McGuire comes from the school of his favorite slogan is take three, take three. We've seen a lot of drills and when it comes to trying to punch the ball out and get picks and stuff like that. Um, but the best way to get turnovers is pressuring the quarterback. And it's absolutely great to hear that we're going to have some of those blitz packages. So um, before we get off the defense, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the position group that has every Red Raider, has had every Red Raider nervous for 12 years now. And that's the secondary. Uh, Every year, no matter how good or bad Texas Tech is, it's always, yeah, but what about the secondary? Yeah, but what about the secondary? We've had some talented people come through the secondary recently, Zach McPherson, DeMarcus Fields. Um, But we, it's always been one off here, one off there. A good secondary season is a season where we're ranked in the top 80 in passing defense, right? What did you think about the secondary? They kind of have been hiding them from us in a way, but they're still out there every once in a while. But um, DTD, he's been great, of course. I mean, he's going to be a rock out there. Um, Pearson Jr.'s looked really well, too. He's looked really good. And what I've been able to see, the guy that's kind of jumped off the page for me is Rashad Williams. He's kind of um, – he's moving out there. He's really looking to jump in that, like, third spot mm-hmm. that was kind of up in the air. Well, Rashad Williams is a guy that uh, last year teams kind of picked on him a little bit. When he was out on the field, especially at, during DeMarcus' fields, he had a, a little injury problems, and Rashad Williams had to come out there. Um, and teams picked on him. They saw him, and they saw food. They, they or, um, With all the injuries they had in the secondary. And I w- I've always gave Rashad Williams his credit. No matter what, even when he was getting picked on last year, he came back, dusted himself off, went back out there, and was just as aggressive as before. And so if he can just feel, firm up some of that technique, from last year, he can be a really good corner. Um, it's similar to Demarcus Fields. Demarcus Fields had the same problem earlier in his career. Team saw him and saw food, but he got better as the, as the years went on. And we hope the same for Rayshon Williams. So, um, before we switch over, uh, I got to switch to I got to let people know about Broken Bow Tree Line Rental. So, before as football season, before you even get to football season, you got to relax. You got to you got to sit back relax and really take everything in. And the best way to do so is going out to Broken Bow, Oklahoma and getting a, a, a vacation rental, a vacation rental from Vacation Tree Line. These guys have the best, um, these guys are the best vacation rental spots you can absolutely have and a quiet oasis out there in a broken bow, Oklahoma. And the best way to do it is to go to treelinerentals.com to start your vacation Early and often, Treeline Vacation Rentals have this everything set out for you, and they hook Red Raiders up because you're a friend of the Tortillas and Takes podcast. They're going to hook you up. They're going to hook fellow Red Raiders up. So make sure to go over to them uh, again. TreelineRentals.com. You can also call the phone number 206-735-3231. Make sure to go where the mountains meet the sky at TreelineRentals.com. So um, Wes Kitley is probably going to go out to Broken Bow, Oklahoma, before the season starts so we can relax, so we can break everything free. And before that, 
He's going to come back in. And I said Wes Kelly. I meant Zach Kelly. It's going to be very difficult for me to separate the two as I talk about this this year. I can already tell it's going to be a problem. But he's going to come back for football season, and he's going to be ready to go to really have this offense going. It was very interesting to see. They had him mic'd up. Uh, see how he operates. Just see how he talks, how he goes, and everything like that. And He is a very energetic um person and it's so funny because i know he's a cliff kingsbury prodigy but you see you see young cliff in zach kitley you see it when it just how he operates how everything's going and it's very interesting i mean what do you think about the offense overall right now the offense has been pretty impressive actually they've been able to kind of air it out i mean we're finally starting they're finally showing us some stuff we should got to see some one-on-ones happen last week so they're kind of running offense a little bit um, guys who have really jumped off the page is Jaron Bradley. He's probably your wide receiver one on the outside this, to start the season. If the season started today, anyways. So I will say this: one of the, you can always kind of tell who the favorites are, who the who the, the guys are coming out just from the media. And Jaron Bradley, I feel like gets a shot on Twitter once a week. Um, it's always a, it's a spectacular catch here or there. It's something that he's doing, and he has been. He actually, towards the end of last year, he was a guy that some coaches were saying, who, this guy here, watch out for this guy here. He might have it. He might have it. So uh, Jaron Bradley is going to be a good one. I know one guy that you were talking about before also on the receiving core was Trey Cleveland, big body outside receiver that we could definitely see doing doing some stuff over there. Uh, What other receivers have really caught your eye? JJ Sparksman looks pretty good. He's he's having some drop problems, but that's kind of been what the narrative around him has been for a while. It's kind of getting cleaned up, but still, he big body. He's going to be able to be a force out there if he can catch the ball a little bit. Brady Boyd has looked excellent, and from the coaches' staff, he sounds like he's going to play somewhere on the field. It, it's they're going to find a place for him just because of the talent that he has. And Miles Price has been Miles Price. He's been doing great. He looks like he's going to take that next step this year. Are we Are we going to see last year? I don't know. One of the things that that Wells and and uh, Cumbie really like doing was using Miles Price in a uh, jet sweep scenarios, um, getting the ball into his hands early and often, quickly off of those sweeps. Are we going to see more of that? Especially, I mean, if we're, if we're taking Kitley from what he has done in previous iterations at West Kentucky and HBU, that was something that he liked to do as well. Yeah, it seems like they've been working on that. Another thing with Price, they've been having return kicks, which is something that he hasn't done before, but I think he's your probably your most explosive option back there. So I think that's a positive for him getting some run back there. But like back to the jet sweeps, it's they've been running it a little bit, but I'm not sure if that it's going to be a major, major thing, but you might see it. No worries, no worries. So, um, so I've asked you this question before. And I'm going to ask you again because I want to talk about this group. So um, give me the one group. It's not all it's not all sunshines and rainbows. So give me the one group that you are most you got a little question marks about. You're not too sure about who is that? I've said it's the running backs before and I'm going to stay stick with that answer. And only because I'm worried about them getting lost in this offense. I'm not trying to knock Taj and Saranarik. They're both stellar athletes, but. I just don't know how they're going to get extremely a ton of run in this offense. So that's my only worry. That was, a, that's a worry for a lot of people um, with, with, I think it's really the only gripe about Zach Kelly is offense is, is we, if you remember the days of Cliff Kingsbury, the days of Cliff Kingsbury, we pass it a ton. 
Pat Mahomes was gunning that thing, you know, 500 yards a game, all this other stuff. Uh, but it was quick. It was fast. Defense didn't really get a chance to breathe. And running backs didn't get to run that, that often. And um, same thing during the leech years. If we remember the leech years, uh, some of our better years, we had running backs like Baron Batch really go off and some other guys. Um, but some other times we, we really didn't. And so there was a question with Zach Kittley, who is, you could argue is even more of an air raid savant than, than um, uh, Kingsbury, even Leach, right? Didn't really run the ball at Western Kentucky or HBU. And it's a question of, is it because he doesn't like running the ball or is it because he just didn't have the running back talent? This year he has the talent. Todd Brooks is a star. There's really no way around. Um, so Roger Thompson, same thing. We, we've he, Since his true freshman season, he's been able to tote it. And even Cameron Valdez. We, we didn't get to see Cameron Valdez last year that much, but that, that dude that dude can tote it too. So you have three quality running backs. Um, so what happens? Do you adjust to, to them, to your personnel, or do you say, I know what works and I'm going to keep it going? And, and I think that's a question we're not going to know until September. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that we're not going to find out until – Either we might see some struggle with the offense and the wide receivers, and then they have to turn to their running backs, or we could just see them Kitley just completely change his kind of mindset and just we might see some more runs with him because he has the talent back there. And I mean, looking at the, st- the statistics, when his running backs run the ball, they're excellent. They've been great when they do run the ball in the past. So it's not like that he's been a completely against it. He just, Seems like he likes to pick his pick a spot better. I will say when you run a wide open offense and you have the gaps and the splits that an old line usually does, opens up wide open lanes for your running backs. It's just with your, your running back, you just want to run it more. Right. So it's one thing your average might be might be five yards to carry, but if you're only running it five times, like what's the point? But if five yards to carry for 20 times, now we can get going somewhere. So um Absolutely. So with that, with those wide splits, let's, let's get to the O-line now. Um, I, I The O-line, which has been a Texas Tech strength for a long time, up until last year. we This team really struggled in the O-line la, with the O-line last year, and, and it doesn't help when you struggle as much as we did last year to then lose your best offensive player in Dawson Deaton. So with that, um, we have, and we had a lot of turnover this year, a lot of turnover on the offensive line. What did you see from the offensive line of your, your time covering the team? Um, the offensive line has been pretty – they've been pretty solid. They haven't been – there's nobody that's been, like, completely jumping off the page except for Caleb Rogers. He's been there. We know what he's going to bring. And he's going to be – he's going to be a solid option for this team. Um, Cade Briggs has been hurt. He's probably going to be your opening day starter at center. Um, Cole Spencer is going to get some run – as the center, also they're gonna they kind of want a lot of snappers from what I've heard from Hamby. He likes to have a lot of snappers, like four act like guys that can do it. So Spencer will get some run there, but he's mostly gonna be playing left guard. That's very interesting. So now you did bring up Caleb Rogers. Now we, Rogers played a lot on the right side last year. Is he moving over to left or is he staying on the right? I've heard that he's staying on the right side, staying at right tackle. So what? And I will say, so with four Rogers, um, he had inconsistency early in the year, but it did look like towards the end of the year they finally had. They finally had their guy. He was finally consistent. There wasn't a lot of shuffling there. Um, so with that, who is the, the the most important part of the line? A lot of people talk about is the left tackle. Who's the favorite for it? 
I think it's going to be Ty Buchanan. He's not here yet, so we haven't really gotten to see anything out of him, but he'll be here in the summer to really get adjusted to the team and probably be the favorite to take that spot and left tackle. So Ty Buchanan, that actually would be, if he is uh, the the USC transfer, um, that would be a huge thing. And also he's young. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, he has like another, what, three, two, three years left of eligibility. Like he's a young guy. And if he can get in as a left tackle right now, I think that might actually be a move, not just for this year, but for the future. And you just take your lumps with him in 2022, just so he can be able to have the success going forward. Uh, So that's impressive. So with that, before we end the pod, we got, we got to talk about the most important position in the football team. That's quarterback. We have a three headed race in quarterback um, right now. Obviously we, we already know uh, about Tyler Shuck at the quarterback position, the guy that started the year last year, but then got hurt with a, with a broken collarbone injury. That should be all good and healed up for now. Um, Donovan Smith was a start at the end of the season and looked good at times, looked bad at times. And so we really seeing what time we get. And then we get the, 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 the stud recruit from, from the 2021 class, Baron Morton, the West Texas kid that everybody loves. Um, who is your favorite out of those three in this competition? I have two. Um, my favorite that's made the most strides, in my opinion, is Baron Morton. He's looked excellent this, uh, this spring, but I don't think he's going to be the starter. I think it's going to be Tyler Shuck. Tyler Shuck has been himself. He really looks good. He's getting the ball out quick and has some zip, too. So we're looking like that. And then I talked to them recently. I talked to them on Saturday. So Morton looks up to Chuck and it's been, it's, he said that he's been someone that he's looked up to and has learned from. So, but anyways, Morton looks good. And Chuck is probably your starter on opening night. But that could be a nice little mentor mentee type of situation there. You know, I'm not I'm not too mad at it. We already got a redshirt season from Barry Morton last year. You'll be going into his redshirt freshman season. You don't got to rush it, right? Um, and then you have a good and if anything, I would argue that it's you have Donovan Smith, who even if Donovan Smith's at the starter, he's had that game experience from last year to say, okay, you know, Morton Smith, y'all are kind of share time as as backup. 2A and 2B, but Tyler Chuck's the guy. He's been the guy that I, I I know a lot of people were very excited about what Donovan Smith brought at the end of last year, but to me, for the entire season, it's always been Tyler Chuck. He's always been the guy that puts, gives you the best chance to win, and it sounds like it's still the case. Um, excuse me. It sounds like it's still the case, and we're going to have the spring football is coming, the, the spring game is coming up, and we'll be able to see that with our own eyes. Justin's not going to have the, not going to be the only one with all the fun, um, as we will be having uh, spring football coming up here. So uh, anything else you want to say about the football team um, and their their run through spring practice? Not a ton. Um, just got a little bit, a little couple notes on special teams. Like I said, Miles Price is probably going to be kick returning. And then uh, Trey Wolf is probably your starting kicker. Gino Garcia gave him his look good as well, but Wolf has been a little more accurate from what I've heard. And Wolf has a little less range. Garcia's hit one for 57 and Wolf hit one for 52 last I've heard. So, but it sounds like Wolf is going to be your starter, starting kicker and McNamara, of course, on punting. Interesting to know. I mean, I, I, I would feel bad for Wolf. He got beat out for another kicking competition. Because remember, he was a starter a couple years ago. And then, you know, some upstart guy, you know, just came out of nowhere, could hit 60-yard field goals, you know, and beat him out. And, you know, what are you going to do with that? You're just like, oh, okay, well, 
And so, but it's good to know that Jay Wolf, who is a fairly accurate kicker as well, uh, will get his job back. Um, and it could be a situation where Gino Garcia just comes in for those long field goals. A lot of teams that employ that where you have your accurate kicker for the short one and and the, the big leg for the big ones. Um, but it'll also be interesting to know, maybe McGuire and Kitley decide, hey, we're not going to do that. Uh, Kitley and in his previous iterations have gone for fourth downs fairly frequently. So um, we, again, we don't know what McGuire is going to do in these situations, but we'll find out soon enough. So with that, as our pod comes to an end, Justin, I would be remiss if I didn't put you on the hot seat, everybody that comes on this podcast has to go through the hot seat and you are no different, my friend. So with that, uh, are you ready? I didn't even tell you we're going to do the hot seat today. So I, this is really, yes, this is really coming through. So are you ready? Ready? Here we go. All right. All right. So let's, let's, let's get the bottle. Before I do this, I gotta, you know, I gotta pop open my, uh, uh, my fields of gold, uh, Chardonnay bottle, you know, they, they get me right. Um, all, all, uh, proceeds do go to the little warrior foundation. So it's only right that I make sure to, to, uh, uh, open up a bottle of that Chardonnay right here before we stop this hot seat questions and pop the bubbly. So first things first, are you going to miss Texas tech playing Texas and Oklahoma? I will not be there for Oklahoma game. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I'll be at home. So oh, I'm just oh. saying in general. Yeah. Oh, are, in you, general? are you going to miss? Are you going to miss them leaving for the SEC? Yeah. I think we're still playing Texas. So, I mean, that's the bigger one, I think. But not really. Oklahoma, we kind of – they're a good team, but it's fun to see them come in. But, I mean, okay, we'll probably just schedule another out-of-conference game. It's equally <laughs> so, good. All right, so with Texas leaving, who would you consider our biggest rival? I think it's going to turn up to Houston, actually. I think that's the one that's going to be the bigger one of the bigger games of the year. I mean, it's because, I mean, we beat them last year, play them again this year, and then they jump yeah. into the Big 12. So we're going to play them for a few years. And- we, we beat them every year. It is a, I actually was on a podcast recently, not to get off topic, but I was on a podcast recently, and uh, we did talk about the fact that there's a weird rivalry between the fans of Texas Tech and Houston. Like both, like we don't really respect each other. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, so that could be a good one. Who's your favorite Texas Tech athlete of all time? Michael Crabtree. Um, I grew up a 49ers fan. So I vague, I was, I mean, I was five years old when he had the catch against Texas, but I grew up watching him in the 49ers uniform and seeing him, seeing the highlights and stuff when him in the Tech jersey is really, really cool. Yeah, way it worked to, out that I wouldn't hear. Way to make me feel old that I was your age when that happened, but uh, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, better dressed, Mark Adams or Joey McGuire? I think it's Mark. Mark has that little bit of style to him. Oh, that's just the wrong answer. Joey McGuire is so swagged <laughs> up. I'm sorry. Um, who's your favorite music artist? Oh, probably Dwight Yoakam. Big country music okay. There you go. That's, that's the first. I mean, we've heard country on this on this podcast, but Dwight Yoakam's a good one. Uh, worst college town in the Big 12? I'm going to say Ames. Ames. You know what's funny? Ames doesn't get a lot of shout-outs for worst college town in the Big 12, surprisingly. You would think it's Iowa. But uh, Jordan or LeBron? I'm going to say Jordan. Smart man. Uh, Zach Thomas or Pat Mahomes? Mahomes. Favorite restaurant in Lubbock? Ooh, that's a good one. I've been able to try a ton. It's my first year here. So I'm going to say Spanky's. That's a very uh, 
uh, Texas Tech bold, bold take undergrad. Answer. <laughs> that is that is something that is something for the for the youths to 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 agree on. Um, which of the new Big Twelve teams are you most excited to play? You already said Houston before, so I'm gonna take that out of there. Between BYU, Cincinnati, and UCF, who are you most excited to play? I think it's BYU. I think um, in football that's gonna be a fun one, and I think the the sneaky game that I'm actually excited for is the basketball game in BYU. That arena gets going. It really does. That's a good one. And last but not least, better tortilla, corner flour. Flour. Straight up, just like that. But here at Tortillas and Takes, we take all type of tortillas. Um, thank you, Justin Apodaca, for coming on the podcast. Tell everybody where they can find you, your stuff at. Uh, you can find all my writing on Red River Sports, and you can find me on Twitter at Justin Apod. That's right, and thank you for coming on our pod. Get it on our pod on our our pod. Yeah, I'm hilarious. Um, so uh, I'm glad we get a chance to talk about uh, football, Red River football. I know a lot of people have been itching itching to get some news uh, about the team and where we were at. So thank you, Justin, once again, for coming on the podcast and updating the people. We are going to make sure to feed the starving fans of Texas Tech Red Raider football more as we go through this offseason. And Justin, this will not be your last time on the podcast. For So thanks for coming on the pod once again. Um, so for Justin Apodaca, our football insider, this is Albie Shore, and you have been listening to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. As always, stay wrecked, people. Podcast Network.